The RPG After Years is part of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Find out more at probablywork.com. Are you nostalgic for a simpler time? A time where controllers didn't have so many buttons. A time where games weren't so overly complicated by so many plot devices. Yeah. Me too. I miss my NES. Hi. <laughs> I'm Bill, and I absolutely love old video games. But I didn't have anyone to play with. So I decided to start the Super Switch Club. That's right, a podcast dedicated to discussing and reliving the nostalgia of retro video games that are also on the Nintendo Online Virtual Library. Each week, my friends and I will discuss games from the NES to the SNES. Games like Super Mario World, Kirby's Dreamland 3, Donkey Kong Country, The Legend of Zelda, Super Metroid, Balloon Fight, Punch Out! A Link to the Past, F-Zero, and so much more. The Super Switch Club is a Podcasters Assemble style show from the We Can Make This Work, probably, podcast network, where we'll be replaying and discussing some of our favorite video games from our childhood. So join us on the Super Switch Club, where you can relive the nostalgia of tearing your hair out over an NES game that loves to troll the shit out of you. Best of all, you can too. Head on over to probablywork.com slash superswitchclub now to learn more. Welcome to the RPG After Years, your weekly show covering all things RPGs from the past, present and future. I'm Bill, and with me today is our very special guest from the Northlands. Hello, it's it's Brett from Skeleton House. And this is episode 100... Yeah, because we're pre-recording. Uh, and I think Scott's pushed us back another couple of weeks. So God knows when this is coming up. But we're here today for a new for a review episode. And we're going to be reviewing Falcom's Black Sheep of the Yeast series. The action-adventure side-scrolling RPG. Zelda 2. No, wait. East 3 wanders <laughs> from East.
noise. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very much Zelda 2, but better. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, and since it's a review, uh, we won't be doing any catch-up or anything like that. Uh, today it's going to be a one-shot, so um, we'll be able to get the whole thing uh, through the whole thing in one go. But before that, just so we don't fall behind, here's a quick couple of show updates, uh, some of which will be added in by a voiceover editor later on. <laughs> oh crap, Bill is making me work again. He is such a pleb. Anyway, RPGs released this week were Magrum Lord, PC, May 30th. Outward. Definitive Edition, PS5 slash XS slash PC, May 30th. And next week's RPG releases are as follows. Diablo Immortal, Mobile slash PC, June 2nd. The Elder Scrolls Online, High Isle, PC slash Stadia, June 6th. Spellforce 3 Reforced, PS5 PS4 slash XSXXB1, June 7th. Metal Max Zeno Reborn. PS4 slash Switch slash PC, June 10th. Ooh, a Metal Max game. Someone remind Bill he needs to play Metal Max Returns like. Now. Okay back to my day job where I cold call Rich to try and sell him more dogs. Good but, job um, voiceover. Yeah, good job voiceover lady. You, you do sterling work. Uh, she's called Samantha. Ooh, nice. She's brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> she's a British robot voice. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we're probably somewhere in the RPG club uh, playing Final Fantasy Thirteen. How are you finding that at the moment, Skelly? Uh, yes, I totally started it. Um, and last time I played it, I played it for like 10 hours and went, wow, I hate all these characters and shut it off. So hopefully my opinion changes because it's been, it's been a bit since I played it. So Hopefully. I think, I think understanding what Fauci and Lissi are before you start the game really helps. Yeah, I think I'll, the first time I'll you play totally it and they're throwing all these concepts at you, it's just too much. But yeah, going through it again and knowing it, it's kind of like... It's all some sort of crystal something. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, crystals. Flabulous, noblest crystals. But yeah, yeah, we'll probably be playing Final Fantasy thirteen. so I hope you're all enjoying that. Uh, and the Materia Lockdown is currently running, so you can go to www.materialockdown.com. This is our yearly uh, charity run for Final Fantasy seven, where we've added some extra um, complications with some nuz- with some Nuzlocke rules, which is uh, proving uh, very fun, actually. <laughs> it definitely adds a, an extra level of danger to it. Um, and yeah, it's really, really good. And the whole thing is to try and raise a bit of money for the Moto Neuron Disease Association. Uh, so yeah, feel free to check that out. Go to materialockdown.com and, um, or go to at FF7MLD on Twitter for more information. And with that, we're going to do it. We're going to get into the yeast-free review. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> 
music is so good it's really good (laughs) it's really really good so uh this game originally came out in japan on july 21st 1991 which as of today when me and skelly are actually recording not as of in probably two months when scott finds a slot for this (laughs) it was released old dusty archive (laughs) yeah oh i've got a use free review to put out uh uh, which was eleven thousand two hundred and forty days ago which is 30 years nine months and eight days and then uh it came out a little while later in north america in november i I love these old games for for the american region they never actually have the exact date it comes out oh really (laughs) it's just like it came out in november somewhere around here that's cool yeah, so I always slap it down as the first of the month. But yeah, that was um, 11,137 days, uh, 30 years, 5 months, and 28 days ago. And sadly, East 3 never came out in Europe. Oh, that's, I feel bad for you guys. Oh, don't. <laughs> you can keep your terrible sky-scrolling action RPG. Fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, good times. Uh, but yeah, we like to cover what was going on in popular culture as well during the time of these releases. So um, originally when I was looking at this, it was um, I, I sometimes struggle with um, what the dates they put on there for when things actually became like number one in the charts. And mm-hmm. I was looking at the Japanese release date and it was Brian, I think it was Brian Adams. <laughs> and then I realized, no, it's not. <laughs> it was actually because uh, in November in North America, it was uh, Karen White with her song Romantic. So I don't know if you. Uh... Oh, I gotta open this YouTube video. I don't. I don't recognize all the cover at all. Okay, there's some. There's some gated drums. It sounds like an '80s song. And I can now wait. Alright. Yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that song at all. <laughs> no, you don't recognize it. No, I'm too, I think I'm too young to play this. I didn't recognize it. Either. Yeah, no, it was it was a just I like, like the percussion though. Yeah, but I was just like a bit. I've just never heard this before. <laughs> um, but yeah, God, God knows what this rubbish is. Uh, and then yes, unfortunately for us in the UK on November first, uh, because we don't have an actual release for use free, uh, was U two with the fly. And again, this was kind of one that I wasn't overly familiar with. It kind of sounds like another YouTube track. It sounds like every YouTube track. I'd probably say that about 90% of their songs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of YouTube. Like yeah, I, I as well. I don't really enjoy YouTube. But yeah, it sounds like that song that they did for, I think, was it Batman Forever? Uh, the only Batman song I remember is the song that Seal did. And then the song <laughs> that Smashing Pumpkins did. And like the titles were inverted. It was like the end Pumpkins is the beginning is the, oh no it's, yeah Smashing Pumpkins did one for one of the bad Batman's I think the end is the beginning is the end or the beginning is the end Dang. is the beginning one of those ah oh, now to to argue with this the bad Batman's are the good Batman's <laughs> the bad Batman's oh, the worst never heard. the the worst the Batman film is the better it is to watch okay yeah yeah I can you know? I can agree with that yeah because I kind of like the the Dark Knight trilogy or whatever it was with Christian Bale I watched it all once and I thought oh this is brilliant and then when I went to watch it a second time I was just like it's I know what happens this is all boring <laughs> <laughs> but the other ones I can go back and watch it over and over again and I'll never oh, get so tired campy. of hearing Arnold Schwarzenegger saying it's time to freeze I'm going to kick the <laughs> ice it's brilliant it's so good absolutely brilliant <laughs> I love that to bits 
Um, but yeah, that's it. Um, I didn't bother pulling up the movie stuff because um, yeah, I didn't want to blow out the show too much. <laughs> but that was that was kind of what was happening in popular culture. Two songs that we can't really remember. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, let's move on and let's get into the history of East Three. So yes, these three, Wanderers from Yeast, is the third game, funnily enough, in the Yeast series. Uh, It's an action-adventure role-playing series. um, uh, The whole of the Yeast series is an action-role-playing series produced by uh, Neom Falcom Corporation, and it was originally developed for the NEC PC 8801 and the 9801. (laughs) I I hate those home computer names. (laughs) It's always always a mouthful that I trip over. Yeah. and it would soon be released on many other consoles, including the MSX and the Sharp X68000. In later years, it would continue to be released for the games for the Famicom, Super Famicom, PC Engine, and Sega Mega Drive. And it is just nuts how those final four, like the console versions, are all so different. Yeah. So right. we're, we, we, did, we both did the Super Nintendo one, right? <clears throat> yeah, we both played the Super Nintendo okay. one. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. Which apparently is like... The, the worst the, the worst yeah. one gameplay wise and music wise but yeah <laughs> but the music is still great <laughs> it is so it was it was created in the wake of and inspired by 1987's zelda 2 the adventure of link so Ooh. wanderers from yeast actually began life within falcom as an entirely original ip uh, according to an interview with koji yokota in the untold history of japanese game developers fantastic uh, it said <laughs> I, that sounds really cool it's said that Adol was used as a placeholder character during prototyping, but that when the designer came on board, he assumed this was intentional and just kept him in, which left Falcom little option but to make it into East 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there would have never been a East series at all that like carried on to East 9 or whatever without this weird little thing well, happening. That's, what, that's, that's exactly what they think. They kind of don't think that there was any intention to carry on the Yeast series. It was kind of like, it was done as book one and two because he ran out of memory. <laughs> so he couldn't finish it <laughs> off. So he kind of split it into two different games um, and then added a bit of extra magic into number two. And then, yeah, because they used the placeholders here, it kind of forced them to make a Yeast free. And then they thought, well, oh, that's awesome. This is popular. Because <laughs> we didn't even get Yeast one and two until later on. So even though it was an unintentional change to the series, or perhaps because it wasn't the side scrolling perspective. Um, 
uh, the side scrolling perspective, it kind of breathes new life into the into East, uh, and not just in the gameplay. There is also a very um, pretty game here to behold. Uh, the switch um, in viewpoints affords Falcom Falcom the canvas on which to point some of the beautiful backgrounds, uh, with impressive parallax scrolling thrown in just to show off a little bit more. And they really did go balls out of the parallax scrolling on this. Yeah, like some of the levels especially the levels where you're like going into a dungeon or something it always has like a screen beforehand with just like this vista in the background it looks really good mm. i watched a i watched a youtube video as well on parallax scrolling because it just came up after when i was researching all this stuff and yeah yeast free is literally like the pinnacle of what they could do at the time especially on oh, like the cool. um the msx 8801 machines that they used it was just like that was kind of just considered not to be a possibility to do it but they somehow managed to do it Smart, smart people. So, yeah. so this, this this game is actually really technically impressive, despite the uh, the kind of the reputation that it has. So confident about its development, Falcom attempted to make a much stronger step into the U.S. and European video game markets than they had previously tried. Uh, so they licensed a series of localizations to various U.S. publishers for releases to the Super Nintendo, the Mega Drive, and the Turbo Graphics. Uh, the localizations varied in success, with some ports staying reasonably close to the initial design. Uh, however, one U.S.-based company took a rather extreme tackling of creative control over the Turbo Graphics port, uh, and that company was Hudson Soft. You know them, the uh, Bomberman, uh, one the Bonks Adventure. I think, <laughs> yeah, East One and Two, Smart, uh, Bill Lambier's Combat Basketball, all all the good ones. Uh, so they changed names of people, places, items. They did poorly voiced and leveled audio for the voiced cutscenes, which oh, the, the game boasted terrible. as a selling point. <laughs> I haven't. I, this sounds. This sounds amazing. Uh, as well as completely writing out half of the game's plot to simplify it for their audience, uh, and that basically destroyed the already weak threads of plot the game had and made it a poorly comprehended and rewritten mess. Yep. It's yeah. It's funny because they took out uh, for the. What, they tried to do all voice acting, obviously apart from Adel, which is your character. So. Every time someone's speaking, you just hear their voices, and it's terrible. Like the the quality <laughs> of the audio is just really, really bad. I love I love really old like voice acting where it's just like a guy reading a script. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is, so and good. it's so wooden as well. And but the, the problem is, is because they took away the text boxes, so you can't read what they're saying, and so sometimes you kind of miss it. <laughs> but then whenever Adol talks, the text box comes up. <laughs> Yeah. And so sometimes you get this weird disconnect between what Adel's saying and what the person's replying, and it's just like it's <laughs> it's it's really badly done. Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, the game's real forte uh, is its soundtrack. The original uh, compositions by uh, uh, Miko Ishikawa. I think, I think I actually said that correct, <laughs> were close. magnificent. And the Turbo Graphics arrangements uh, by Ryu, uh, by Ryu uh, Yonish Mitsu, uh, were also very, very good. And I'd argue that um, Yeast Free soundtrack actually competes with um, Yeast 2 and Dawn of Yeast uh, for the best soundtrack in the series. Yeah, it man. Is- I've only think- I've only played through 1, 2, and 3 now. And yes, <laughs> these games are like the music them is incredible. Oh, they have, uh, but because because I've been listening to like because um, I was listening a while back to Yeast One and Two soundtrack before we started playing Yeast Three. Uh, my my uh, I use YouTube Music. There are other music apps, streaming apps available. Uh, but yeah, it started throwing in <laughs> loads of Yeast music from other ones in the series, and it's just like I've listened to all of them now, <laughs> and it's just like this is this is all really really good stuff. 
but yeah, I feel, I think these three is probably one of the better ones, especially the um, oh, was it the MX eighty nine or eighty two hundred thousand whatever that machine's called. One of them numbers. Yeah, that 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 one that particular. So if you're listening to the original, um, because they've done all like um, uh, orchestrated remixes and stuff of it now, and it's they're all brilliant, and you can find loads of uh, other remixes as well online, which are great. But uh, yeah, as far as the original kind of chip tunes. I'm going to call it for now. Uh, the original soundtracks go. That particular PC had the best version of this soundtrack, but the sound quality on that was great. <clears throat> All right, and the project leads were overall team head, programmer, and designer Masaya Hashimoto and scenario writer Tomoyoshi Miyazaki, while Koshiro siblings Ayano and Yuzo worked on graphics design and soundtrack, respectively. Mm. Uh, is that is that this like? Uh, as far as designers and developers for like uh, book one and two, is that the same people? It is the same people. Nice. Um, and then, <laughs> then it will go super weird. <laughs> <laughs> I felt I felt like I, I felt like I should add this in because I probably won't get to talk about this properly until the um, Yeast Four review. Okay, you do this. Out. I gotta let my cat out. He's yelling at me. <laughs> That's right. I'll go over this bit. Um, but as the eighties were dawning closer to its end. Um, the Koshirus departed from Falcom in the first waves of an oncoming exodus of talent who would later reconvene under the um, <clears throat> auspicious, uh, auspicious of a new, of a different developer. Uh, within the company's culture, there was a stirring desire to make the move from computer to console development, um, to apply the, uh, the staff's uh, expertise at action games on platforms. Uh, yeah, they were trying to basically convert this, this, this staff who are really good at making these action games to start making platformers such as Yeast Free. <laughs> and they didn't really like it. Uh, but at the time, platformers seemed to be on the rise compared to everything else. Falcom's uh, conservatism prevented such plans from materialising. And after development concluded on Yeast Free Wanderers from Yeast, uh, series leads Hashimoto and uh, Miyazaki departed the company to pursue... Uh, what had been denied from them from their former employers and then they left to make Quintet so Quintet was founded by these guys uh, oh, Freezer, Illusion of Gaia yeah Terranigma all those great games so yeah so the people who made Yeast 1 and 2 and then were forced to make a platformer in Yeast 3 <laughs> left formed Quintet and yeah like even these graphic designers they went on to like become uh, like contractors basically wow. but I, i've were... never thought of that but like you can totally see that line from like east one <clears throat> to like terra enigma yeah exactly you can really see how the game would develop down that line so it's really cool um and yeah recent recent falcom hire uh, graphics designer on yeast free um koji uh yokata uh he had wanted to join his team members for the same reasons but for reasons of financial security he wouldn't do so until 1991 so he was like the one who he stayed at his old job until he realised that they were safe. <laughs> so, hey, you're making cool games now. I'll come join you. Um, uh, yeah, so the, and he worked solely on the graphics output for those games. Neither Kashiro were employees of Quintet for the years to come. They'd started a family business of their own, the company called Ancient. But thanks to connections formed at Falcon, both were hired as contractors to work and collaborate on the studio's new games. But yeah, I just thought that was just a really interesting bit to add in. That the people who had made Yeast 1, 2, and 3 then went on to make Act Razor, Illusion of Gaia, all those games. Yeah, you can like totally see that. <laughs> like the DNA is there. <laughs> and I've given you a great quote here from uh, Miyazaki. 
hey, if we're going to develop for the Super Famicom, we've got to do something really super Tomoyashi <laughs> Miyazaki. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. And then, um, yeah, I think we briefly need to mention here the fact that there is actually a remake of Yeast Free. But it's um, it's so different that we're not really going to talk about it today. <laughs> I don't, I don't, know, I, I don't know if you've played Ophenfelgana. Ophenfelgana uh, is actually the first East game that I played, and it was too hard, so I gave up. Really? Uh, I heard it was supposed to be one of the easier ones. Yeah, I didn't understand the like the East gameplay loop at the time, which is basically like once you get to an area, just level up as much as you can, and then play through the area. Um, but if you don't level up, everything just kills you in like two hits. So I think it uses the same, uh, engine as origin, which I've played through one of the stories mm-hmm. for now, which yep. like, that, that's a good game. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. I'll get back to Oath and Falgana at some point and, and actually, you know, understand <laughs> what the game wants me to do. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure this is not Kai's opinion, but <laughs> the, gen- <laughs> the general consensus that I've read about in the East community is that, um, Oath in Falgana is supposed to be one of the better games, although one of the easier ones. And um, yeah, it is actually a remake of East Free, Wanderers from Yeast, but uh, they basically only really kept the story and the kind of vague layout of how the um, the world map looks. Yeah. Other than that, it's just a completely different game. So yeah, this is not action. Yeah, top-down action RPG, bump and grind. <laughs> Although you can actually swing a sword. I, I, yeah, I'll always miss the bump and bumping. grind of one and two. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, we're not going to... So yeah, this this particular review has nothing to do with Oath and Volgana. So if that's what you're after, you're going to be sorely disappointed. You're going to have to wait six <laughs> years before we get to that. Exactly. <laughs> six years. <laughs> that was a bit conservative, maybe. <laughs> or liberal, a bit something. I'm way off is what I'm saying. <laughs> Cool. All right, so that's the history out of the way. We're going to take a quick break before we move on to the gameplay. Hey folks, my name is Brett and I'm one of the hosts of Skeleton House, an audio-only Let's Play podcast where my two friends Jess... What is happening? Oh my god! ...and Steve... Even he looks spooked. ...play through video games and I edit them, add context, and act as your eyeballs. Also, we have a cat. Come check us out at skeletonhouse.budsprout.com or look up Skeleton House on your favorite podcast app or your least favorite podcast app. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. Okay, so the gameplay of East Book, East Book. This isn't a book. This is just one. <laughs> they put the book down and they're just Books going are for closed. Uh, yeah. So as we mentioned, it's an action platforming RPG. Uh, you can move left, right. You can jump. You can swing your sword, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> it's almost exactly like Zelda Two, if you happen to have played it, which I know. Except I know, I know Brett has. Fun. 
um, and in fact, actually, that's kind of if, uh, let's let's mention Zelda two and how that brought us to <laughs> East Free, shall oh, we? Yeah. So, so yeah, Zelda two we played for Super Switch Club, had a lot of fun. Everyone loved that video game. Yep, yeah, fantastic game. <laughs> if you want, if you want to hear about nine hours worth of content on that, you can find it on Bill's JRPG <laughs> Trappings podcast or on the Super Switch Club podcast. Both both of which great. But yeah, it kind of transitioned into a new podcast, which, uh, you know, I, I never start new podcasts. So it was a big thing for me. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we were playing we were playing Zelda 2 and everyone was like, wow, this is so hard. Wow, this sucks. Wow, this is terrible. Uh, and uh, speaking of Kai, I, Kai said, hey, if you guys think this sucks, oh, man, you should play East 3 Wanderers from East. Oh, that game, that game is hard as nails. And I was I was feeling spiteful at the time because I was playing Zelda and it was in the transition <laughs> where in the start of Zelda 2, I like enjoyed that game a little bit um and then as we went into zelda 2 i started hating it so i'm like all right i'm gonna play i'm gonna play east 3 and i'm gonna beat it and i'm gonna just so i know that it is not harder or worse than zelda 2 and it it is maybe like harder i could see the argument for um but it is much less frustrating just due to like how the the layout of the world is designed like I, I hate I hate traveling around Zelda 2. I love like traveling around East isn't is nothing. You just go. It's left to right. It's easy. And that that was the thing because you you mentioned that hey, I'm a, I'm playing East <laughs> free, and then I think you beat it, and I was just like, I, I I'm going to do this because <laughs> because uh, the way we have the um, the RPG after years list constructed now it's a huge. <laughs> shit show of adding games in. It's a very large. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very large list of five hundred or games. But um, yeah, we tend to just like slide in games where here and there where we can for for various reasons. But technically, we're supposed to go in year order, and so we're currently in the middle of season two, where we're supposed to be reviewing games made in nineteen ninety one, um, and one of those games is Yeast Free, and it's supposed to be like right at the end of the season. So it's, it was supposed to be like about 20 games away by the looks of it down here in number 49. <laughs> but when you said that, I was just like, oh, someone's playing East Free, and if I play it now, I'll have someone to review it with me, so I won't have to review it by myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for purely selfish reasons, I was just like, right, I'm going to play this game. <laughs> and I remember you asked me like, how long is it? I'm like, ah, I don't know, it's like a couple hours. You're like, all right, <laughs> let's go. I, I probably reckon I spent eight hours on this game. I think I total. think I did I did four or five, but I was like I was I was zoned in. <clears throat> like th- that was a lot of playing the game in a row. Yeah, I think most of the difficulty for me came in the first two dungeons. After that, I kind of got the swing of things, and it. Yeah, I, I started to fly through a bit more. But yeah, the first yeah, two well, dungeons were a shock for me. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get to why the yeah the game is a bit weird at first to kind of wrap your head around. Oh yeah, very, very shortly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you, yeah, you can run around in this 2D uh, parallaxing, beautiful parallaxing environment, <laughs> kill monsters if you're lucky, <laughs> which grant EXP, gold, you know, like any basic RPG. Yeah, it is a very linear linear game, uh, not just in the level design, but it is just area and then boss, and then you pretty much never have to go back to that area again. Uh, and there is no traveling like in previous East games. You just leave the main town and go onto like a world map screen, and then you pick where you want to go, and then you're at that spot. So no wandering around like in Zelda 2 trying to figure out a puzzle that is hidden in a tile, which is horrible. Yeah, which is funny because it's called Wanderers from Yeast, but you can't do it any <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but that's one of the things I liked about the first two East games was that you could wander around the map and there were things to do. Like there was 
the tree to revive and things like that. And it was just like they they had those extra little bits in there, but there was just none of that here, <laughs> which yeah. was a shame. And um, and yeah, and for as for other gameplay related things, you could only carry one healing herb at a time, which was awful <laughs> because it does heal you back to full health when used, which doesn't sound too bad, but it's just. You know, you take damage so quickly and so easily. And it's so easy to get hit as well. Just only having one herb sucks. Uh, except in that lava area where there's that, like, that yeah, herb. The one that refreshes? Yeah. I was thinking of that exact one. I'm like, yeah, I did a lot of grinding there. Yeah, I did a lot of grinding there too because that area was kicking my ass. <laughs> I only <laughs> just made it to that herb and it's like halfway through the dungeon. I was just like, this thing respawns. I'm going to use this. <laughs> Go back, kill a few things, come back. Yeah, <laughs> rinse and repeat for half an hour, and then I was almost max level. <laughs> okay, and then and then for the the elephant in this room, uh, like the literally maybe the one thing that holds this game back from being like a really awesome thing, uh, the the hit boxes and the hit detection and the hurt boxes, like for Adol, for pretty much every enemy and every boss are just like horrible. You'll you'll swing your sword. You'll hit a guy who is super far away. You'll walk close to him, and then there's like ten pixels of gap in between you and him. And then you take contact damage because uh, actually, hey, you touched him, even though it doesn't look like it. Um, yeah, I don't like it. It's a lot of it's weird because it's like learning how the the hitboxes on the enemies work because your yeah. eyes will lie to you and be like, okay, he's swinging over here, so if I stand like maybe behind him, I won't get hit. But nope, it's a lot of like. Oh, I, I, I got hit there. I have to remember that this attack, it looks like it only hits, you know, the little bit of space in front of him, but it actually like hits behind him kind of too, or like above him. It, it, I don't, it's weird. It's extremely weird. Yeah. And, um, and again, the SNES version is the worst one for the hitboxes, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, we picked, we picked a good one. Kai. Yeah. Kai. They, well, they've all got different pluses and minuses. Like the Turbo Graphics one will have the better music. Like the music on this, the the conversion to the the SNES sound system was not great. Whereas the Sega Genesis one had really had better music than the SNES version. The, the graphics really and the graphics kind of looked a bit better as well. We should have played. We should have played the Genesis version. Really, we should have. But Kai said the Super Nintendo one was the bad one, so I had to play that one because my <laughs> brain doesn't work good. Exactly. But also, um, funnily enough, for whatever reason, I believe the end boss, the, the very, very end boss of the game on the SNES version is the easiest version of the boss. Okay, that checks I think out. He, I think he's slightly glitched or something, and he doesn't like have the quite the same attack pattern that he has in the other games. <laughs> and so he's a lot more difficult in the other games, but he's completely nerfed in this one. But this one is a lot harder to get to the end boss. <laughs> yeah. So you've kind of got that, yeah, swings and roundabouts, really, with this game. <laughs> um and yeah i mean especially yeah so yeah so in the fir- in the very first area basically there's like these worms there's like these two worms at the very beginning and then there's these two flying things i still don't even know what they are <laughs> <laughs> they and, look like the guys from like super metroid or something that come out of the pipes yeah that's what I, that's what i always thought apparently it's like a giant wasp yeah yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking at the enemy thing on uh, the uh, Shrines RPG Classic website, uh, <laughs> which is definitely worth a look. Um, and yeah, so there's just these four enemies in the first area, and literally, I probably died about three or four times just trying to clear them. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like it was so difficult. Like the first couple, like you have to get that first level up in the very first screen. In fact, I think you have to do two or three levels. Yeah, you have to grind there for for a little bit. 
Yeah, and that that's again that's kind of where this game gets its reputation from is that the initial start of the game expects you to grind like the first three or four sets of enemies over and over again yeah like literally the very first screen it's <laughs> like i didn't yeah. really think about that but yeah that is that is rough yeah because your health doesn't your health doesn't recover when you're inside the dungeon but when you walk outside the dungeon into like the open parallel par- parallaxing bit before you go into the dungeon your health recovers so you can go in quickly kill the four of them go out let your health recover go back in go back out and you've got to do that over and over again until you can finally like one shot these things and then you can start really flying through the levels, <laughs> and you literally like, do. Once you get your once you get your level up, you literally are just holding forward, and yeah, pushing you just, you jump just and slash, and you're just like some like, sort of super superhuman being going for it. It's great. It's so weird how the, the design lined up because that like at the same time it teaches you that you have to grind at some points or else it's kind of just a wall. And in that process <laughs> of grinding, it also teaches you like, hey, these hitboxes are <laughs> really weird. Mm. So I don't like it. It's a double a double. You know, it, it just wants the <laughs> The player to know how to play the game even but, though it's a little bit weird but and uh this is pretty naughty of me i i discovered this all by myself as well um there was a spot where i could so this was like about three inches into the level i would say <laughs> it's not very far you get past those first four enemies and i think there's like two more sets of um like crawling bug creatures whatever they are and then like there's this little bit of a hill that goes up and then comes down so it just leaves a point in the middle of the screen and when I stood on top of that, there was a respawning bird that would fly over my head. And the hitbox is wonky enough that if I just held down the attack button, so Adol was just going, whoosh, 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 every time it flew past, I would kill it. And I realized I could just stand here and nothing else was coming at me except from this one bird dying over and over again. <laughs> so I was just like, I was obviously, because I was emulating it on my phone, I just pushed the fast forward button. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like yep <laughs> i'm doing this <laughs> sod this and yeah I, I i leveled myself up like two or three times and then i just flew through the level just going forward just slicing things down it was so much fun yeah. but that's the thing uh, once you're at the right level the game is really really fun <laughs> yeah like it it controls well like the like uh, the animations are nice and like the character designs and stuff and the how the characters attack is uh like it's presented really well. Yeah, I think it's just like, it's like Zelda two. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's just the hitboxes. It's, it's yeah. like uh, speaking. I'll, I'll plug Super Switch Club again. We're playing through Star Fox at the same time, which Bill hates. Uh, but I like it. But there is like literally one problem with it, and that's the frame rate uh, for for Star Fox Super Nintendo. But the the one problem here is the hitbox for for oh. East Three Wanderers from East. Like yeah. if they just smooth that thing out, this game would be so good. I know it's so it's so close. I think smoothing it out and maybe starting you at level four. <laughs> yeah, that would be it. So you don't have to grind in the first screen for you know twenty minutes. Yeah, I, I I think just put those two tweaks in, and this is going to be a really fun game for people, especially if you like platformers. Like this, this would be such an outstanding game. They they put so much love into so many different aspects of it, but they yeah. just got those two small things wrong, in my opinion. Um, uh, yeah, so beyond hitboxes, uh, there is armor and swords that you can buy and collect. Uh, there are magic rings, which you can get, uh, which have a pretty interesting mechanic to them. Uh, so you have a MP bar as you battle, and as you kill stuff, it will, you know, you'll get more magic. Uh, and then if you go into your inventory screen and equip, equip a ring, it will just, like, drain your, your magic meter as it's equipped. Uh, yeah, so, so I don't know. Quickly. 
I can't remember. I can't. There's like a defense one, a strength one. Uh, yeah, there's, sure there's, there's, there's there's very few of them. There's yeah, the power ring yeah, which doubles doubles total. doubles your attack power, uh, and then the shield ring which doubles your defense power. There's the time ring uh, which slows down all the monsters. I didn't really use that one much, and then right towards the end you can get the healing ring. Yeah, that one very useful. Yeah, and then I think there's one there's one called the protection ring which you you can only use like right. I think there's only one boss you have to use it against, but that like re- it like gives you like invincibility basically, but it drains like at an oh, obscene yeah. rate. Yeah, I use I remember I used that one because I would just like use it at the start of the fight and then just jump in <laughs> and try and do as much damage as possible in the first like couple seconds. I'm out of MP, <laughs> and um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for the gameplay. It's um, it is. I'm not like. You know, this you can bash this game a lot, but it is actually fun once you get to the right. Once you're at the right levels, <laughs> it is yeah. quite fun to go through. Any any last thoughts on the gameplay? Uh yeah, mostly good. Kind of weird. That's <laughs> that sums it up. <laughs> All right, right. Let's move on into uh, the story aspects of East Free. Okay, so the opening scenes, which, by the way, again, are different in every single version that you play of this game. <laughs> some of them have stills. Um, <laughs> some of them have like moving cutscenes, like we do in the SNES version. But then they're different in the Genesis version, and then it's completely different in the TurboGrafx version, which has like a, a full animated video. <laughs> so there's 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 just no consistency. Um, <laughs> so this is a very basic, you know. Since the events of Yeast 1 and 2, uh, Adol Christensen and, and his friend Dogie, who I'm pretty... Oh, I should have put this in here. He's not called Dogie in 1 and 2. He's called something else. He's the guy who, like, smashes you out of prison. Oh, really? I, I, I didn't connect that because I'm like, all right, Dogie's hanging out. I don't know who this guy is, but he seems pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I think he's called, like, Pete or something. <laughs> I think he's got, like, a really normal name in Yeast Book 1 and 2, but it's the same character, but he's called Dogie. And then from this moment on, he's always called Dogie. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> so so this guy in Yeast 1 and 2 is with him. <laughs> and they're passing through a town, and they find a gypsy caravan. And Dogie has his future told to him. Uh, the fortune teller's crystal ball explodes, and both Adol and Dogie decide to go to Dogie's hometown of Redmont. Uh, the way to Red- on the way to Redmont, the pair chance upon a wild cat which attacks them, uh, saving uh, Dogie's childhood friend Elena Stodgart in the process. Upon arriving, they learn that the townspeople are being threatened uh, by men from a nearby uh, Val- Valician castle. Always ready for adventure, 
Adol decides to assume the task of helping them out. All right, I looked it up real quick. Uh, in the Turbo Graphics version, he was called Colin. Colin. <laughs> oh, okay. So <laughs> are you you saying you literally saying the name Colin? It like put all of the East Book One and Two review into my brain. I'm like, okay, I remember hearing Bill say this name before. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Colin. Uh, Colin. Colin was a great character in One and Two, and then yeah, just suddenly became Dogie. Uh, and that I got a moment, just writing a note to myself to rename uh, our friend Colin on the Discord, who we call RPG Jesus. Uh, to I'm going to call him uh, Dogie from now on. Oh no! <laughs> right, Sorry, so Colin. We, we travel next to Tigray Quarry, and Adel discovers that there has been a cave in, and monsters have taken over the quarry. Uh, Adel travels deep inside the quarry to rescue Edgar, the mayor of Redmont. Uh, after defeating the boss of the quarry, Elafal, Elafale. And claiming the first statue, Adol finds Chester, who is the brother of Elena, threatening Edgar. Adol pulls Edgar back out of the entrance of the quarry and goes back to Redmont, where we meet Elena again, uh, like for real this time. Yeah, Adol I have to learns say that, that boss as well in the quarry is the hardest boss in the game. What, <laughs> remind me, it's been a minute since I played. What, what, it's what's like that it's like the like? angel statue that's kind of sitting on the ledge and just firing oh, yeah. stuff out at you. It was yeah, literally that like pretty tough. It was literally like I had more trouble with that boss than any other boss throughout the game. <laughs> Again, one of the reasons why people think this game is so hard is yeah, just because the beginning the difficulty is freaking hard. <laughs> Got pushed through. Got pushed through. Anyway, you've got uh, So, yeah, talking to Elena, we learned that uh, there are some statues that are being sought by Lord Maguire, the king of Felgana province, where the game takes place. <laughs> uh, so another statue is being sought in the Ilsburn ruins. So Adol travels there to go get it. Uh, and then another townsperson, Father Pierre, has gone there as well. So we got to do some more rescuing, as you know, Adol loves to do. Um, Adol gets to an altar. Hold on, Bill's, I'm reading off Bill's screen. <laughs> it's on scroll. Let me get, get back to my screen. Uh, no, after uh, a brief encounter, I think he meets Chester, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, oh, you know, yeah. Out, yeah, he gets to his, yeah, he overhears Chester talking. Uh, yeah, yeah, Father, yeah. Father Pierre, that's the bit where you're kind of you're above them and you're listening to them down below, and then they yeah. Them. You're in like a, a big like theater almost. Yeah, it's almost like a huge uh, so, Oh yeah, a big like altar. Him. Yeah. Uh, so that's where we hear Chester talking to Pierre. Uh, and then after a brief duel with Chester, Adol is caught and tells Chester that Elena is worried about him. Uh, <laughs> but with Lord Maguire watching, Chester has to be like, I don't care. And he kicks him down into a pit of lava. Uh, which so I mean, cool he, as well. <laughs> it, it's a really good scene. Uh, and that in Oten Felgana is where I had to give up because the lava part was too hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, they also uh, so didn't have the respawning... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, or maybe I just couldn't find the herb. Uh, so we battled through all the monsters in the big lava zone, and then we found a fire dragon, Gilon, and we beat him up. Uh, and the reward gets Adol over a large river of lava by solidifying the large river of lava. So it becomes a large river of not lava. Uh, so Adol escapes from the pit, and Elena meets Adol at the top of the staircase, where she informs him that there is a statue hidden further on. In, in this weird church altar thing. Because I think at that point we get back like up into the 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 close to where we saw Chester talking with uh, the the dickhead guy. Yeah, exactly. It takes you back up to like this, uh, I don't know, like a cathedral. I think it's probably, I think I should probably call it a cathedral rather than an altar. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, because you've got the cathedral level, you get kicked down into the lava pit. You have to go through the lava pit. By the way, the bits where you have to run away from the lava that's coming out of the floor was just a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, I I actually like those. They were pretty like I don't know, a lot of a lot of urgency. Just yeah, the level the level design was great. It looked great and just yeah, just really they went ham on it and it was just it was hard, 
but it was just like exciting to play really i really enjoyed this bit of the game and then yeah once all the lava gets solidified it takes you back to a path where you can then jump up 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 and get back up to the cathedral but you're at the back end of it and then you sort of i think she pushes a statue out the way yeah and, <clears> and then, then you go out the back into like a mountain area where you fight the wyvern to get the statue thing that you need <laughs> yeah that, that, that i like that whole that whole like I don't know, scene, I guess, it was cool. It was just like, oh, no, we've been defeated. Psych, we're going to come out out of the lava like a phoenix rising from the ashes and beat <laughs> your so ass. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, upon coming back to town, Adol meets up with Dogie, or Colin, uh, who informs him that he's <laughs> heading off to the mountains and that Edgar wishes to see Adol. Because uh, Edgar is Dogie's ex-teacher, I believe. Should have put that in here. <laughs> uh, Adol meets with Edgar, who informs him that the men from uh, Valistian, uh, uh, Bella Conte in the SNES version, <laughs> games. Oh, why do they make so many versions? Uh, Castle <laughs> are actively seeking the statues. He informs Adol that the statue <clears throat> in uh, Tigre Quarry, uh, and Adol proceeds to the quarry and defeats the monster guarding the statue. So that's kind of the only time you have to go back somewhere. Uh, but then Adol then oh, heads yeah, back because there uh, there's a there's a door where a miner's I think there's a miner bite and he's like no nah, don't go in here or like this is all locked up or something yeah then he gives you a key and it's literally like two screens away is this boss yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and then upon arriving at Edgar's house he interrupts a conversation between Edgar Lord Maguire and the Bishop Garland about uh, uh, Galaban. <laughs> uh, Galaban according to Edgar is a demon of tremendous power who used to rule over the, uh, the populace of Falgana a long time ago uh, he was sealed away by a hero using the four statues now that is the hero on the cover like the one with long flon- blonde flowing hair and some sort of viking helmet and a big spear <laughs> oh that's they, hilarious yeah they got, they, they got all that completely wrong they thought that was supposed to be Adel but that was actually from the booklet which was supposed to be telling the story of the hero who came before. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. But they put it on the front cover. <laughs> uh, Adol is sent to the Eldrin Mountains to chat with a hermit living there. Uh, Adol finds Dogie chatting uh, with the master in the mountains. Oh, no, Edgar isn't the master. Sorry. Get myself confused. Uh, the master tells Adol that the statue is indeed in the mountains, but inaccessible uh, due to a statue that guards the entrance. Adol travels up the mountain peak uh, and defeats the harpy, uh, gaining the staff that opens the way to the statue. So yeah, then uh, you have to go sort of halfway back in the mountains and open up the floor, don't you? <laughs> yeah. And then you fall down. Um, uh, gaining, st- yeah. So you open the statue. Uh, then you have to defeat the guardian dragon, and then claims the fourth and final statue. Uh, Chester shows up and tries to force Adol to hand over the four statues, but then there's a cave in that interrupts the conversation, uh, and Dogie digs the two men out and Chester is reunited with Dogie. And actually, Chester and Adel have a really brief like, heart-to-heart down there where they talk about their reasons and what they're doing it for. Yeah, it's like, don't... Your sister said, yeah, oh, don't, be, don't be a dick, Chester. And he's like, but I've got to be a dick. Things <laughs> <laughs> are dickish. I need this dickish statue. Uh, but Chester's actually kind of doing this for the right reasons, I believe. I think he's kind of like doing a double agent thing. Yeah. Uh, and they converse briefly. Adel and Dogie uh, leave for the town. Uh, and they find it almost deserted with Mr. Gardner, uh, the town guard. <clears throat> huh? 
Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, with Mr. Gardner, the town guard, nowhere to be found. Uh, inside the walls, they find Mr. Gardner and some of the townsfolk. Apparently, while Adil and Dogi were in the mountains, soldiers from the castle came down to the town and kidnapped the townsfolk in exchange. Uh, and they've kidnapped the, cows, uh, the townsfolk to exchange for the statues. Adol converses with Edgar before setting out for the castle. So at Valestine, Valestine Castle, <laughs> Adol fights his way down the dungeons where he finds the townspeople and Father Pierre, not to be confused with Bishop Garland. A lot of religious folks in this place, I guess. Yep. <laughs> he tells Pierre to get people out of the castle and goes to find Lord Maguire. And on the way to Lord Maguire's chambers, he comes across Bishop Garland, who taunts Adol. Garland then reveals himself and... Is, does he like turn into some sort of weird monster or something at this point? No, he opens up his jacket. He's naked. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah shows no, his think, weird monster. Isn't he... He's Galaban, isn't he? Yeah, that sounds right. There's a lot of... Uh, now, this is like Final Fantasy Thirteen. There's a lot of names in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not many of them are important. <laughs> yeah, so Adol beats up that guy as Adol does. Uh, and then upon reaching Lord Maguire, Adol finds that uh, Lord Maguire, he's sad. He's like, oh, dude, I really messed up. I will make reparations for my actions. And then it was like, okay. So we head back across the bridge where we meet Elena, who is like, great job. You beat up all the soldiers and you're a hero. Uh, and then this, this is where, yeah, Galbalan, who has reawoken due to the seal of the statues being broken, kidnaps Elena in midair and taunts Adol, telling him to bring the statues to his island fortress. So Adol goes back to town and he's like, oh, I was, I was cool for a sec. And then I really screwed everything up. Is that uh, so Edstick gets on the. The, the floating platform. I no, that's at, that's at the end. No, that's at the end. Yeah, so. that's, that's at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Chester has a, he has a big moment. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, so cool. <laughs> yeah, and then Edgar and Dogie are like, Adel, it's cool, dude. Like, we got to go save her. Uh, so they eventually, yeah, this is where it is. So Adel comes to a platform where Elena and Chester are talking to each other. And Galbalan taunts Chester just as Adel arrives. And Adel promises the statues to Galbalan if he won't harm Chester or Elena. Uh, so Galblan's like, yeah, okay, and pulls Adol up to, you know, where he is. Uh, and then Adol fights and beats up Galblan and rescues Elena. Because Adol, he's a cool dude. <clears throat> yep, he's always on the rescue. And I can't explain how cool that scene is. Like, you have to go through that pillared scene at the, uh, we, again, parallax scrolling, beautifully done. You're walking through that pillared corridor. You have to fight a version of Galaban down there. Then you carry on, then you get to the, the steps that go round and round, going all the way up. And it's like this. It's like the scenery's moving around Adel as he goes up these steps, oh, and then he yeah. gets to the top. And then Chester's standing there shouting at him. Galaban like sends down a platform, and Chester gets on it, and then he just kills Chester. <laughs> Does he kill Chester? No, he doesn't. He but he takes Chester away, and then that's when Adel then gets like summoned up into the clouds, into the realm. And then you have to fight the final boss. He's this big like winged bat thing. Yeah, <laughs> just little flies yes. about. Had like two weak points or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty, it's pretty cool, but it's just, again, the scenery and everything is just gorgeous and the direction of it is really good. Anyway, uh, Adel finds that Chester has gone to the very centre of Galaban's island to seal it away. Uh, Elena tells Adel that, <clears throat> that her village and its people are the descendants of the man who sealed away Galaban the first time. And only Chester knows how to sink Galaban's island. Uh, Galaban's island. It's a bit turning into a bit of James Bond now. <laughs> and Adol must not interfere. Adol understands, and Elena, uh, he and Elena leave uh, the sinking island. The scene shifts to Chester, who is manipulating the crystals to sink the island for good. 
He tells Adol to take care of Elena for him uh, before sacrificing himself to destroy the island, and the island then disappears for good. Chester with the big hero moment. He's like, yep, I, I was bad, but now I'm good. I was being a dick, but I was being dick for the right reasons. <laughs> uh, so we head back to Redmont where Adol and Dogie are at the inn getting ready to leave. Uh, and Dogie tells Adol to go ahead because he has some there to take care of uh, because they're they're leaving early in the morning. So the, the townsfolk aren't like, no, don't leave. You guys are cool. Uh, so Dogie is chatting with Elena, who is in love with Adol. And Dogie leaves and Elena almost stays. But then she walks out of the inn. Uh, Mr. Gardner is asking Adol what he and Dogie are planning to do, uh, and Mr. Gardner would like Adol and Dogie to stay because obviously they're awesome. But Adol is an adventurer. He wants to go have adventures. So Adol and Dogie leave, and as they are walking along the shore, Elena runs up to them and shouts at them. Uh, and Dogie and Adol wave goodbye to her as they're leaving. And the the final text and like ending of the game scrolls across as Elena is crying, telling about further adventures waiting mm-hmm. for Adol and Doge. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much the entire story. Um, how, how did you feel about the story while you were playing the game? Uh, I'm not too much of a story guy, <laughs> which means I find it hard sometimes to remember like names and, and motives of characters. Like I like the stuff with Chester and Elena, like Chester being like, oh no, I am an evil guy. Psych, I'm actually cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, which was pretty cool. I was doing this for the right reasons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Adol and Dogie, obviously just like pretty badass guys. Yeah, I, I liked the story. It, re- it really carried me along. And again, I think the main thing was it was the way that it was portrayed on the screens with the settings. Like yeah. like I said before, like having to climb up all those stairs after going through that corridor down below. It just all looked great. Yeah, these um, games are good at making things feel like epic. Yeah. Apart, um, just... Just because this is like the only thing I had a note on, but I don't, I don't know why I haven't managed to squeeze it into review. There was, there was only, I think, when you're on Galaban's Island, um, and the level design is that weird like spotlight that just sort of moves around the screen, so you can oh, only yeah, see that where you're going for little parts. Was horrible. Yeah, <laughs> I can remember reached, that immediately. Yeah, I should have put this into gameplay, but yeah, it's just like I just, I, I, yeah, I made a note that this was just a horrible section because there was yeah. a bit where. Um, I went round in like a circle three times. Yeah, it was like a maze and you had to figure out like, because I think it was like immediately as you exit a door, you had to like hold left or something. So you would yeah. land on a platform think, yeah, there was, that you there was, couldn't As see you were falling, spotlight. you had to, you could either move left or right or go right down. And so I went round in a loop with this lift taking me back up to the top and then yeah. falling back to where it started. And no, it I, did, like, I did the exact same thing like many times. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, what is going on here? I'd look up a map and I was like, ah, <laughs> I'm missing that little gap. So yeah, that was... That bit was harsh, <laughs> but again, it was it was interesting level design. I did I did enjoy it. Yeah, maybe, right, maybe a bit weird, but <laughs> yeah. Right, let's go, mate. Let's let's rate this mother. All right.
So, ratings. This is where we rate the game on several categories. We use story, combat, non-combat, visuals, audio, giving and overall feel of the game. And we give it a score out of 10, and then we work out our final scores off of that. And then we also have a, a final final boss category, which is just for fun. doesn't actually count towards the end score. So, Brett, I'm going to let you go first on all of these, as you're my guest. Okay. Out of 10, what would you give the story? Uh, like a 7, I think. It's, uh, it pulls you along. Uh, characters are nice. A lot of the times I was kind of like, I don't know quite what I'm doing, but I'm walking to the right and stuff is happening. So that's always good. Yeah, and no, I think good, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go an eight. You know, this is early doors SNES game. I mean, there's a version of this game on the on the Famicom. So on the NES and stories weren't as prevalent back in those days but there is a good story here and i loved chester's like redemption even though he commits suicide at the end <laughs> but it's kind of well let's say suicide it's sacrifice himself for the greater good but it's it's really cool and i just love the way it was all portrayed on the screen as well so here's a fun one how are you gonna rate the combat i have no idea i am so split because like <laughs> it all feels good to move around it feels good to swing a sword um it like it's just the hitboxes don't make any damn sense in this video game. Like once, uh, once you understand, like that your eyeballs are lying to you, and you kind of have to like feel out where <laughs> each enemy like actually takes damage from. It feels really good, but like, like prior watching, to that, see like watching the numbers fall down on the Matrix. <laughs> exactly, you have to see the code. You have to be like, all right, <laughs> go into the debug menu in your brain and see the big red hitbox. Uh, mm, I don't like I'm so seven I guess again because like when it's when you understand it it would probably be like a maybe maybe a nine maybe but when you don't understand it yeah like I don't know like a four so seven seven <laughs> seems good yeah I've, I I kind of I, I'm gonna I'm gonna echo that as well like you say when when you first start playing the game and no, nothing makes sense and everything's impossible <laughs> yeah it's just so hard but then once you get the flow of it and then you realise you can just stand on that one spot and hit that one flying creature <laughs> until you level up a few times. Uh, yeah. and, then, and then do the herb in the lava area. Uh, yeah, once you've got your levels up, the game is really, really fun to play and it suddenly becomes a 9 out of 10. But you have to kind of balance it out. So I think a 7 is a good one. Whereas non-combat, so this is like menu systems, uh, walking around towns, buying things from shops. Okay. The map. I, I, I vaguely remember... Buying stuff from shops being annoying because I feel like I hit the wrong button several times, and it's like a yes. it's like a sub menu inside of a sub menu to like yes. buy items and buy weapons and buy armor. Yes, uh, and if you push the back button at any point, it takes you completely out of the conversation. Yeah, all the way and you're four menus deep at that point. I did like I did like the map screen though, just kind of like picking where to go because I'm I'm a a baby gamer, I guess, who needs to be like pointed in the right direction. Uh. Uh, like a six maybe I think a six feels good yeah I'm gonna go for a five on this one uh, I didn't really like the menu system I didn't like buying things from shops <laughs> yeah I remember <laughs> just, that being annoying it detracted it from me and again like like we like we said in earlier in the review there is just a, a pick your own where to go thing rather than the exploration that we had in the previous games and I would kind of have liked to have that element in but I guess that's you know film for Ghana so they got there eventually yeah. <laughs> um visuals how do you rate it visually oh they're like the sprite work itself is pretty good but yeah like the the parallax scrolling stuff and like the designs of the areas i think is really good because like especially that there's like 
you I don't it feels like you go to like a prehistoric island or some part and you're walking along there's like volcanoes erupting in the background yeah there uh, is. That's, which, <laughs> that's so good and that is like so, I said that is technically really hard to pull off um but they did it amazingly in this game yeah so like it's, it's not like the most beautiful Super Nintendo game or anything but like the stuff comes together really well I think uh uh I'm I'm torn between two numbers I'll go higher let's go nine let's give it a nine nine yep um i'm gonna 100 percent agree like again if you're i'm slightly biased on the fact that i played the snes version but i've also watched about two or three youtube videos on the various different versions yeah the the (laughs) the ones that actually look better too yeah and that's the thing like if you go back to like the 1987 or 1989 version that came out on the msx it doesn't look much different to the SNES version. And it's just like, that's before the NES was even like out in shots. Yeah, that's amazing. And it just looked absolutely dope. And like some of the scenes, and of course, like visuals, like I'm going to include in here the way they directed it. So like, like I said, that whole thing with Chester and climbing up the steps, the yeah, whole like bit the where he kicks, the you, levels. he kicks you into the lava pit and you literally fall down and the scenery completely changes around you. It's just so beautifully done. And like, even just like, when you're in the, the caves and there's like the backgrounds moving behind you and there's little waterfalls and stuff, they just did such a such a wonderful job with that. So I, I'm going to give it a nine as well. We're probably going to give this the highest rating it's ever got. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> think so. We will, we will feel pretty positive on it. Um, audio? Audio, easy. Uh, it's an East game, it's a 10. <laughs> yep, absolutely 100% agree. If you want to disagree, just look up the soundtracks on YouTube and uh, yeah, you will realize how wrong you are. This is amazing. And it's also like, there's not many soundtracks that I just listen to outside of the podcast where I'm just, you know, I'm sitting in my office, I'm working for the day. I put on, like, I've been listening to a lot of Final Fantasy 13 soundtrack at the moment. But then the other week, I put on a couple of Yeast soundtracks. They're just so, so good. Yeah. So good. And then what's your overall feel of the game? Just thinking, like, if you were to give this game overall score out of 10, what would it be? Oh, this is complex because, yeah, there's, like, amazing things about this game. And then there's stuff that's just like, what is, why is this happening? Why is this like this? This feels <laughs> broken. Uh, yeah, I'm split between two again, so I'll go higher. Let's say, let's give it a seven. Oh, was it a? A, a seven. I, I didn't feel confident in it, so it didn't come out of my mouth very well. But it's either a six or a seven, but I like yeast, so let's give it a seven. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm overall feel. Uh, yeah, I was really enjoying the game by the end of it, but I had a terrible time at the beginning. Um, yeah, it's like this. This game has like the highs and lows are both intense like there's not really anything in the middle in this game it's either like wow this is horrible why did they do this this feels broken or like man this is awesome oh this fight is so good oh it feels so nice to control it's 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 bizarre yeah it's a tough it's a really tough one um but yeah i think i'm gonna go a six really like I had I did have a lot of fun with it, and I thought the direction was great and the music is great. Um, but I wouldn't jump in and play this game again. But I would definitely suggest if you can stomach getting past the first two levels, I would say this is a great game to just bash out once. Yeah, it's, like it is this fun. game is 
definitely worth playing. I think it's like maybe, <laughs> maybe well, like it being weird <laughs> helps that helps that out a bit. Like because I don't know I find it, I find it fun to play games that are kind of I don't know janky and busted. So yeah, <laughs> it it is unique in that way, which I think helps it out. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a good way of describing it. All right, then. so um, what about the final boss, Galaban? What would you give him as a bonus score? Uh, <laughs> the final boss wasn't very good. I remember the final boss uh, was it was either book one or two where he like blew up the floor under you and he was super impossible. That oh, was yeah. a crazy that was a crazy <laughs> final boss. But Galaban, yeah, you one, just yeah. like you jump and then you hit him in his weak spot, but his weak spot is not reflected very well in his sprite. So you like actually hit him like two feet left of his weak spot and he takes damage and then sometimes you hit him and he doesn't take damage and it's a bit of a mystery uh final boss <laughs> i don't know like a like a four i guess yeah i i'm see when it comes to final bosses like me rich and scott all have different ways of looking at it and for me it's kind of difficulty i like to have a difficult final boss yeah and i was pretty bad at this game if i'm honest <laughs> I was I was not very good. I hit max level like two levels before the final level, and I still struggled my way through the final sections of the game. Um, uh, but the boss, I got up there. I think it took me two tries. So I'm going to give him a five. I'm going to be slightly generous. He wasn't great, but he wasn't like he wasn't amazing either. Yeah, so it felt like a boss. It didn't really feel like a final boss. Yeah, pretty much. Just felt like another boss in the game. The first boss felt more like a final boss than him. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, okay then. Um, do you want to give out your overall scores? All right, so my, my overall score, my subtotal out of, what's this, out of 70? 60? How does math uh, Yeah, out of 60, sorry. Subtotal out of 60. I gave it a 46. Uh, so a 76.6 repeating percent, I think. <laughs> yep. 70.66 recurring. Uh, and for 76, me, 76, not 70. Don't You got to give it credit where, <laughs> where credit's Oh, sorry, 76. Sorry, yeah, I was going go. blind there. Uh, yeah, so I gave it overall a score of 45 out of 60, which is a score of 75%, which means between myself and Brett, the score gets... Uh, sorry, the game gets an overall score of... 75.83%. That feels that feels right, I think. That yeah, feels that, that feels really good. That, that, does, that number. That does feel pretty good. I, I, mean, I think like I say, it's pretty like, high. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't expecting to be in the 75s. Like it's weird because like a 75, I feel like most people would see that and be like, okay, it's it's alright, you know, maybe I'll pick it up. But like if you like playing kind of broken <laughs> games and just seeing like stuff that is really weird i think you should give east 3 a try at least for like a little bit just to see like especially because the weirdness is kind of front loaded with like just the the difficulty spike at the very start of the game just like load it up and be like yeah this is strange <laughs> yep and it looks like scott's uh, scott's been fiddling with this um with my master sheet so my numbers are gone <laughs> for some reason <laughs> um, but basically that puts it just below secret of mana <laughs> which got 77 percent and just above uh, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, the remake. Because okay. I'll be honest with you. like You I'm, don't like chibi graphics. No. I'm very <laughs> upset with Scott and Rich for rating that game so low. Like, as much as I have oh, problems, really? as much as I I have problems it- with the remake of Link's Awakening and what they did, it's still the exact same game overall. So it's probably oh, one of the greatest games ever created. I thought you were way negative on the remake, but yeah, I'm actually I'm actually playing through Link's Awakening DX for the first time ever. I just made it to the first dungeon like two days ago, I think. Oh my god! Uh-huh. Right, okay. Here's the plan. Right, 
I bloody love that game. <laughs> I, I'll play it again for like the 18th, like the 18th time. <laughs> and then once you're done with it, we can review it and then we'll stick it on this list. <laughs> okay, we'll yeah, make, sure. make sure it's higher than the remake. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's where it sits at the moment. Above above the Link's Awakening remake and just below Secret of Mana. Um, and you've got a couple of games underneath it like Some Resident Evil Some of these numbers, Free, I'm losing my mind, dude. I know. How I did know. Near Automata get a 73? Uh, I that know. Game is I mean, a, that game is a 99. I see. I only played the first section of the RPG Club off of that. I find it difficult to squeeze in console gaming time around my family because I can't use the TV. Um, so yeah i didn't get very far into the game but what i got into it i loved i loved the whole concept everything that was going on and i really want to finish it one day but i I was shocked i think rich really didn't like it i think scott liked it a bit the game's a bit it's a bit uh divisive i know especially like in the discord like every time it comes up i'm like oh no frost is gonna be mad (laughs) (laughs) yeah but then also frost is always mad because we we put secret of mana so low that's true <laughs> but that, that and even lower that's, than that's uh, it, <laughs> it gets it gets bumped down a slot too now so we we made it even lower our, oh no i think no no sorry because secret mana got 77 oh, so yeast free is just right. below it but i mean you know pretty much yeast free is about as good as secret of mana <laughs> that's what we're saying yeah, they both they both have weird weird hitboxes stuff yeah. feels kind of broken occasionally yeah janky hitboxes but again both games beautiful with great music <laughs> yeah yes they line up pretty well actually all right then um uh, i didn't get any listener feedback because i'm a terrible host <laughs> and i kind of didn't know when we was going to be doing this so <laughs> <laughs> yeah we we had some illnesses and stuff and with this <laughs> we were going to do this like two months ago or like a month and a half ago or something yep <laughs> and that was already a while after we beat the games <laughs> yeah so you know i think we do- got we got amazing memories we're doing our best here people <laughs> all right then <laughs> Let's uh, let's move on then to the uh, to the out to the outro. And that's it for our use free review. Skelly, my man, what are we doing next week? I I I don't know, dude. I don't I don't I don't this isn't my podcast. You're probably playing <laughs> hold on. You guys are probably talking about RPGs and maybe reviewing an RPG. Yeah, that, that's a very good shout. We'll probably I mean, I imagine uh, I think Scott and Rich are gonna be reviewing Towers of Arise. So this will probably come yeah, out. I've heard good things about that game. This will probably come out midway during the RPG Club for FF13, which is going to be a long one, man. I think it's 14 weeks. Um, oh, well, it's, it's a long game. We haven't done a game this long yet before. So, yeah, we'll probably be somewhere in the middle of the uh, FF13 RPG Club. So, But God knows what we're doing next week. Um, but, yeah, you can um, rate and view us on any podcasting apps that you like. <laughs> give us a five-star review on Spotify or give us an actual review on iTunes. And Skelly, you're actually a patron. Do you want to plug the patron yeah. for us? 
Patreon. Yeah, you can get some early episode access, some ad-free episodes, some extra reviews, where of which there are now 20 plus, including, hey, if you want to hear more of me, uh, go go get the Celeste one. I talk about Celeste. Also a beautiful game with amazing music. Uh, there's the RPG Club where you can do nominations uh, and more at patreon.com slash RPG After Years. And uh, Skelly is also a fantastic podcaster in his own right. Do you want to plug some of your stuff? Yeah, I do. I do an audio only Let's Play podcast, uh, Skeleton House, where uh, sometimes it is me talking over my friends playing games such as Deadly Premonition or uh, Super Mario RPG or Silent Hill 2, which I will finish one day. Uh, and I'm currently doing a, a solo uh, Pokemon Nuzlocke right now. Man, I'm bad at Pokemon, but I am scraping by on the skin of my teeth. Uh, and hey, you know what? I got uh, our, our season five game is is recorded. Um, and it is broken and it is janky and I'm playing through it with my uh, sister Ryan so that'll be pretty fun oh and then season 6 is going to be Link's Awakening um, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and yeah speak, speaking of Ryan I, I was in tears at the end of the last episode of the Nuzlocke yeah I- uh, yeah, <laughs> this is, this is, this is going to be a little while after that's come out. So no, so spoilers. There's some spoilers some definite definite sadness happens. I uh, do not get attached to any Pokemon that I have <laughs> because bad things befall them. But that's the problem with Nuzlocke. You can't help it. You've got to name yeah. them, and if you name one after yeah. your sister, <laughs> you're a fool. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So uh, over, we, you can find us on Twitch. <laughs> uh, this uh, us is in the RPG after years, normally at nine PM Eastern time on the Sundays. Uh, which is when Rich and Scott tend to record together. Me and Scott normally record on Fridays when we get together, but they're few and far between. And you can also email us any feedback that you like to rpgafteryears at gmail.com. And there is the RPG After Years Discord, uh, where I hang out a lot. And come hang out with me in the RPG After Years Discord. Uh, link will be in the show notes or on the pinned tweet on the RPG After Years Twitter. And so speaking of Twitter, you can contact the show at RPG Years. You can contact Scott at the Scott Spot. You can contact me at Matunica, M-E-T-U-N-N-I-C-A. You can contact Rich at HowBlue1569. And you can get our good friend Skelly here at Skeleton Pod. That's me. And that's it for the review. So you can join us next week when Scott and Rich will probably be talking about stuff that happens in the future. But until then. I've been Bill Adel Christian V. And I am Brett, a monster from the north. <laughs> oh, can <Canada. laughs> right. I'll see you all next time, my ginger warriors. Over Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Love you all. The beast has been slain. The world has been saved. Our heroes are basking in the afternoon. They rest in the tavern for all to hear Their tale of victory and conquered fears Revel in the peace That reigns through the land All will know it was by our heroes' hands Here in the afternoon
All right, sick. That was fun, Bill. Cool. Yeah, I think it was a good review. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm waiting for the day where someone goes, God, that was terrible. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> Delete all of the files you have. <laughs> Do not put that out. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at ProbablyWork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com. <laughs>